0: So I'm going to begin this morning by telling you uh, about a group of people that I'm really jealous about. But I first have to say that um, about seven years ago, I was teaching confirmation with our student ministry. Because when I first came um, on Lovers Lane staff, I was in the youth department. So I was teaching a confirmation to these wonderfully awkward, insecure, hilarious sixth graders. You know, they You know if you remember what it's like to be in sixth grade. And um, after I finished confirmation with them, I ended up being their small group leader and followed them until they graduated high school. And so now they're all in their first semester of college. And so I'm very jealous of them because I can think of no other time where I experienced more growth in my life, where I figured out more of who I was, what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do – and so for these girls especially, I know many of them didn't have a good experience in middle school and high school, and they struggled to find a good group to connect with. They kind of felt like they couldn't fully be who they were. They didn't have confidence. And now as I'm catching up with them um, through text and, and, and FaceTime and all that kind of stuff, um, they are just, as Scott hates the word, blossoming, so I'm going to say it. They're blossoming in college. But no, they they're so happy because they are they're finally getting to be who they, they've always wanted to be. And so I think about that and I'm jealous because, man, it's been a while since I had that kind of experience where I was growing in leaps and bounds. And so if you're like me, depending on what age you are or whatever, you know, we kind of get in this routine once we're adults. There's not a lot of growth that happened. Yes, we change someone, we become parents, there's that natural, but when I think about wh- when I had time to truly work on who I was and, and really listen to what God was saying, I mean, there was no other time like college. And so we're kind of in a pickle right now because I feel like it's hard to find that time to grow. And so I'm going to look at a scripture today and we're going to kind of unpack what it means, uh, what discipline, what growth looks like for us. And so I'm going to read um, from Hebrews uh, chapter 12 verses 1 through 3, and I'm going to be reading from the NLT version. That's a long scripture, so I'm going to sit down for this. All right. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as children? He said, my child... Don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who, never disciplined, who was never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means you're illegitimate, and you are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness no discipline is enjoyable it is happening it's painful but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. Discipline. Does anyone else kind of hate that word? Anyone? Right? Okay. So what is it about discipline that just makes us kind of cringe a little bit? I think we associate, obviously, with being a child and all the discipline we got, um, but discipline, it, it just rubs us the wrong way. And so I was thinking about discipline, and I'm like, okay, what other words do I associate with discipline? These are some words that came to mind. Harsh, rules, fun, killer, <laughs> boundaries, mean-spirited, not fair, too demanding, so of course, when I look at discipline at a glance, when I think about it, it makes me want to run the other way. I mean, we're adults, right? We don't need, we don't need discipline anymore. We've got it figured out, right? Like, I don't need anyone to tell me how to live. I mean, I make all my own, own choices. I can stay up late if I want. I can stay up as late as I want, right? And then regret it when my daughter wakes up at 530. But it's still my choice, right? I can eat Pop-Tarts in my bed. It's fine. I can buy that cute shirt at Target and the scarf and the purse and the earrings and then hide it in my closet from Scott. I can do that, right? I can do that because I'm an adult and I make my own choices. So discipline, I don't need it. And I think we kind of get to this phase where we think I've got it all figured out. I've arrived, I don't need boundaries, I don't need rules, I don't need discipline. But do you want to know one of my biggest pet peeves is besides spelling my name wrong if you follow me on Facebook it was a very lengthy people a lot of people had a lot of hot sports opinion yesterday my name was spelled r e a g o n at Starbucks which was fun which not like they asked me but still try a little harder okay <clears throat> But here's the thing that I really really despise when people say it Well I've always been this way so why change now Have you heard that or something along that line? That phrase makes my skin crawl. And it makes me frustrated because I think, what a sad life to feel like you can't change, that you're stubborn. But when I look at my own life and the discipline I have and the growth that I have, it really is quite small because I choose comfort every single time over growth. And that is so opposite of what God desires for us. So I think I have to, we have to come to terms that growth and discipline is part of this package. When we say that Jesus is Lord of our lives, we are signing up for growth and we're signing up for discipline. The problem is, is that so much of our energy, so much of our focus is just about getting people to accept Christ, Right? like we think about how much um, i think about how much we work as as pastors and people on staff like we got to get people to join we got people to do this and then we just kind of drop them sometimes or maybe you've had friends and then you're like i just want them to believe i just want them to believe and then you never and then they finally do and then you never follow up with them you never try to disciple them see there's so much more to this christian life than simply saying yes as as methodists we believe in something called Um, sanctifying grace which means that there's this grace that that we are pursuing and that God is giving that chips away things about us it molds us it changes so we become more like Christ the first step is believing well the first step is that God's grace is already at work in us provenient grace and then justifying is when we believe and then sanctifying is that discipleship it's that change it's that growth it's that discipline but so many of us think well I believe so I'm good God loves me just as I am, which He does. He does. He absolutely does. But there's so much more to this Christian walk. In fact, Methodists, we believe that we can reach perfection. I'm already there. Um, Scott is really behind. Um, but no. But isn't that insane that we think like we could be made perfect in God's love, and we can make like that's insane to me. And so some of us look at that and like, oh, I'm never gonna make it there. I'm not even gonna get close. So why? even try. I've got, I got my punch or my card punch. I'm in. However, Methodists don't believe once saved, always saved. So think about that. But it's not just about works. I don't want to get into that, but I think there is an expectation that we will grow, that we will change once we say yes to Christ. We should see that fruit. And so we have to let go of comfort. And it is so hard to do because growth is painful. Growth is uncomfortable. Growth demands so much more than we're willing to give often enough. But the only way to experience that inner growth is through discipline. And so I started thinking, why is it so hard as adults especially to be disciplined? Why is it so hard to experience growth? And I started thinking about the way that that God speaks to me in the way that God disciplines me. And, and the reason is that I think the, re- the way God disciplines me, at least, is really subtle. It's really little. And it's very quiet. It's very quiet. And that's why it's so easy to ignore. It's so easy to dodge it because we have all these other voices. We have all these other things fighting for our attention. But the things that God is trying to do in my life, even though they seem small... Have such big and huge benefits for my life that I can grow in huge ways if I just listen to this small thing. So let me give you examples of how I feel God has personally disciplined me in the past. So um, there's a softball thrown at me, not literal, figuratively, but the softball for me is I hear something about someone or I have a chance to make a rude remark or sarcastic, you know, my humor can kind of cut. So sorry about that. Um, but I hear I hear something. I'm like, "Oh, this is good. I can I can make a joke or I can gossip or I can talk bad." And then there's this voice inside of me that says, "Don't do it. Don't do it. You need to love your neighbor." I'm like, "Dang it." <laughs> it's really good. Because I take comfort in reaction and when people laugh or when people think I'm funny or whatever. So that's one way that I, I know that God is speaking to me. And so I think about how those add up. If I continually step back, I think I've become more loving. There's a growth that happens. Or there are times when I, uh, I'd be dating guys, obviously, in the past. Um, just make that clear. <laughs> Committed. Um, and I'd be dating them, and there might be some red flags, or I just felt like, I don't know. I mean, he's not great, but, you know, he'll work. He's good enough. Um, And God would whisper to me, like, you need to trust me. You need to trust me. This is not right. And it's really hard to break up with someone when it is comfortable, and it's not necessarily bad, but it's just not a good fit. And so I experienced growth because it allowed for God to continually work on me and show me patience and trust and led me to Scott. (laughs) Or when I've gone through some uh, hard work situations where maybe I've doubted my call or doubted, I'm just not cut out for this. And I'm ready to throw the towel in, and God says, You know what? Don't give up. Why don't you seek out like a mentor or someone? that can help call you out, keep you accountable, and pray for you. And so I did, and I've had incredible growth from that. And so I'm thankful for the way that God always seems to whisper, that God always seems to nudge. And again, it's usually very small. It's something like, don't do it. Trust me, just wait. We have to learn to respond. But don't you see how easy it is to miss out on growth? Because it's not this huge you know, banner or this loudspeaker telling us, don't do it, don't be this, this is how you're going to grow, this is how you're going to change, this is how you're going to be better. It's more like, you know better. <laughs> and so I have to learn how to respond to that gentle nudge, that tiny voice, because that voice wants us to grow and has so much for us. And as I started to think, I'm like, why, why do we ignore it? And I think the word that came to me was just how passive we can be That was a word that kind of was brought to me this week. Not passive-aggressive, although I'm quite good at that. (laughs) Very good, actually. Scott can tell you, don't talk. Don't say anything. Um, But I think we're really good at just letting things go on. They just pass us by. And so we're not taking an active role in our lives in a lot of areas because society is kind of teaching us, take it past. Don't grow. Don't do hard things. Don't challenge yourself. I mean, think about... Things maybe you've said or maybe you've thought or heard. Well, if you don't like it, then you can just quit. If this job is too much, then just get a different one. If you don't feel like going, then just don't show up. Just text instead of call. That's a big one because no one uses their phone for actually talking anymore. Um, That's easier to text, right? Or drop that class if you can't handle it. If you don't know anyone there, then don't go. See, I don't feel like we set ourselves up to be challenged anymore. We don't want to be momentarily uncomfortable. We want to be comfortable all the time. And so if we're passive or elect to take the easier route, you can always kiss the idea of growth goodbye. It's never going to happen if you continually choose the easier way. And friends, I don't want us to do that. I don't want us to be this mediocre version of ourselves. I don't want to be the same. Like, if I look back one year from now, September 30th, 2018, and I'm exactly the same, and I haven't grown, I haven't changed, I haven't challenged myself, I'm going to be really disappointed in myself. I'm going to be a big fat liar, because I'm telling you all to grow, and then I don't do it myself. So when you map out your life and you look, like, can you see, like, oh, I have grown, I have changed, I don't do that anymore, or, I'm getting better. Or, and it can be small things. I'm much kinder. I'm much more helpful. I mean, there's all these small things that we forget add up to such a transformation of our spirit. And God's love, yes, God loves us as we are, but God also has this expectation. God's love is expectant of us. God expects us to pursue who Christ is we want he expects us to pursue being more like Christ and so he wants us to pursue things that are good and so that means chipping away things and so we have to recognize who we are today and recognize how am I going to get to where I want to be so we have to let go of comfort we have to now when I went back to the scripture to see if there's more I dug a little deeper and then a fountain that was a little alarming for me, a little hard. And so if you're listening, there's a word punish in there, and that's really hard because you think, oh, gosh, God just punishes us. So I don't, want you to read this, I don't want you to read this out of context and think, oh, God, all these bad things that happen to me, that's, that's God punishing me. God sends cancer, God sends trauma, God sends, you know, natural disasters. That's, that's not it. But what's really hard is that the punish, the word that is used, is the same that was used in the Gospels that was trying to describe the punishment that Christ was experiencing, specifically the flogging. And so I think, wow, that's really harsh discipline. That's really, really harsh. I'm not going to sign up for that. But what this is really trying to say, this punish, is really not to scare us or think that God is going to punish us in this like horrific way. It's showing our connection to who Christ is and that Christ experienced suffering and growth and knows what it's like to have hard, to endure hard things. So it's really it's just connecting us to the personhood of Christ that Christ relates to us. And so we need to get more comfortable with discipline and not be so scared by it. It's not as scary as we think. For me, I think discipline means getting rid of the passive life. It means being engaged with hearing from God, responding to God, trying new things, doing new things, creating new habits, stretching ourselves, challenging ourselves, and just a great self-awareness. So we have to learn to quiet ourselves so we hear that voice, so we can hear that nudge. Because the thing that hinders us is that passive nature so yes growth is going to take dedication it's going to take dedication it's going to take work and it's going to take listening so the process of pursuing this greater than life I don't know what exactly it looks like for you but I know it's going to be better than what it is today and so pursue that deep connection with God pursue ways to how you can be more self-aware so you can quiet your soul so you can hear where you need to go as Methodist, back to thinking about how we're pursuing something, that sanctification. I wanted another more friendly verse <laughs> to look at. And so I found one. Just if you look hard enough, you'll find one. And then it's in Philippians, uh, chapter three, verse 12. "I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, or that I have already reached perfection but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I love that scripture because there's an acknowledgement of I have not achieved it. I have not arrived yet, but I'm working towards something. I'm pursuing something. And that's so helpful for me because it reminds me, it kind of humbles me to say, no, Reagan, you don't have it all figured out. You don't always get it right. You always have room for growth and improvement. So the scripture, along with the Hebrews, even though it's hard to to look at discipline and and punish and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know that if I really truly claim to be a disciple of Christ, that I'm signing up for growth and discipline. And I'm signing up for maybe a little bit of a harder life. But I tell you, this growth is worth it. Because let me tell you about some characters as we're closing, some characters in the Bible That missed out on growth. Think about the young rich man who did not want to sell his possessions to follow Christ. That was the one thing he didn't want to do. And because he chose not to, he missed out on growth. He missed out on an incredible chance to be taught by Christ and follow him and be with him. He said no. Or the Jewish leaders who did not want to eat with those sinners. They missed out on growth because they could have had the opportunity to have their eyes opened and maybe their hearts softened. Or David, who got so obsessed with someone else's wife that he had her husband killed in battle. He missed out on growth. He missed out on learning how to have self-control or to have trust and grace and kindness. He missed out on being a better leader. So he missed out on growth. Or Moses, who took things in his own hands and struck the rock to get water, even though God was continually saying, Trust me, trust me, I've got this, I am taking care of you. But because he missed out on that, Moses took a pass on growth. See, I don't want my name to be on that list. That man, she would have had incredible growth, but she decided to do this instead. She didn't trust. She didn't listen. I don't want to be on that list. Friends, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for God's discipline in my life. Because without it, I don't think I'd like myself at all. (laughs) Because that person still creeps up every once in a while. And I know that it is hard I know that it's hard because we have to choose hard things a lot. But I can tell you that this love of God that pushes us, that challenges us, that confronts us, that disciplines us, it grows us in incredible ways. Incredible ways. And we always, always end up greater than we were before. And So I don't know about you, but I want that life. And I want that for you too. So let's pray. God, thank you for not being a silent God. Even though at times we feel like you are, maybe it's because we're not listening close enough. Or that in fact, we are missing out on those nudges, that we're missing out on that voice, we're missing how you want to grow us god we so desperately want to be better i think it doesn't take long to look around the world and say wow we really need a change (laughs) and that change can start with us will you will you invite us into a greater than life will you invite us into a life that looks more patient, more loving, more kind, more servant-hearted, and the list goes on and on. Would you would you speak to us, and may we respond. May we give up the comfort. May we give up this passive life and cling on to what you have for us. That's your name we pray. Amen.